on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. Phoenix 98 
hope you were singing along to that. I love that track, The Buzzcocks, Ever Fallen In Love. You listen to me, Karen Ridges. It is Friday. The weekend can start. And as always, I bring you the very best guests ever. We're just going to have a little hello for just to kick the things off. Kick things off. We've got another guest coming in as well. And we're going to hear all about the wonderful Jess Michael. Woohoo! Who is Miss Superfood. And we're also going to be hearing from my wonderful friend, um, Victoria Featherstone-Pierce, who is the co-founder of the most wonderful charity, the Canine Angels. And on top of all of that, we're going to get to meet a rescue dog as well called Angel. How exciting! And on top of all of that, the best music ever. I'm feeling a little bit of some 70s, a little bit of some 80s, and some old school club classics as well. A long, long time ago, I can still remember how that music used to make me smile. And I knew if I had my chance, that I could make those people dance And maybe they'd be happy for a while But February made me shiver With every paper I'd deliver Bad news on the doorstep I couldn't take one more step I can't remember if I cried when I read about his widowed bride But something touched me deep inside the day the music died So bye-bye, Miss American Pie Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry And then good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye Singing, this'll be the day that I die This'll be the day that I die
the best music ever and especially for you my lovely listener and also I bring you the wonderful guests the best guests ever and tonight we have got a wonderful guest who must be the best guest ever because it is or she is she or he I'm just thinking is it she or he well I'm a she I know you're (laughs) a she love Angel is a she Angel is a she she is the best guest ever I agree because she is one of the canine angels Rescue jog- dogs, jogs. Can you? Uh, I think it's hanging out with this one, with Victoria. Too much today has fried my brain. But thank you so much for coming in. It's lovely to see you again, Jane, because I saw you on the wing walk. I met you at the wing, wing yes. walk when um, 
Victoria was strapping herself to the wings. I know. And we were on land and Angel came to see her. Angel came to see her. Yeah. Um, and it was terrifying watching Victoria on those uh, that biplane. And I think you went round a few more times than you were meant to, but it was raising money for canine <laughs> she angels. Did. I loved she it. did. So once you're up there, you can't get down. You're up it there. Was, you're it stuck. was amazing. So you, I, I met you there and I met Angel there yes. as well. And thank you for coming in. And obviously, I'm a big fan of the canine angels, yes. and we're going to play their track later. But how did it all come about then with you, Linda? How did you get to hear of this amazing charity? And please, my lovely, I want you to speak right into that oh, microphone sorry. because I think my lovely listener is going to hang on to your every word and want to know <coughs> why the story and also why a rescue dog. Well, my husband and I have always had rescues, whether from local like Wallace Kennels or nearby rescue centres. And we'd lost a dog uh, just 10 days before Christmas, our Tucker, and it broke our heart. And we said, right, no dogs for a while. We can't can't carry on with dogs. It's too much. Um, And we'd lost a dog to cancer in the summer before. And we said, oh, it's just too much. It's breaking our heart. We'll have a break. We'll have some holidays because they take over your lives because we love them so much. And what happened was uh, we saw a dog and it wasn't Angel, but it was a canine Angel dog called Buddy. And he was in a a kill center and I might get the pronunciation wrong, Botasani, Botasani. And this face came up and I said, you know about those holidays, Ian? That's my husband. I think I want another dog now. And he was over with us, to us within, I think a month. And then, because we'd always had two dogs, it was coming up to my our, our wedding anniversary and I said, I know what I want for my present. I said, there's, there's another canine angel dog that I've just seen. And we thought, should we? And what I saw was Angel, there was a, a really upsetting, I have to say, upsetting video of her in a kill center in Targovist. Again, I'm not- Targovist. And she was crying to get out. Uh, and this is what I saw. She's actually talking. And she talks. Mm. She actually talks. And I remember. So what do you mean? Your rescue dog talks? No, no. She she was talking to get out of the kill center. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. And she does yeah. talk. She actually does a mouth yeah. and and talk. She's a real chatter. And she caught, I believe it was Victoria's eye. Yeah. And she said, I'm coming back for you. And she'd already named her Angel. And I remember hearing on the video, I'm coming back for you, Angel. And they can only get out if they have an adopted person saying, yes, we're going to adopt. And then they can get taken out the kill centers. And just seeing her face and on that video, and then knowing that she could get out and be rescued if, if, if we could have her. But Victoria did go back with the canine angels and, and they got her out. And three weeks after that, the ones in that cage with her didn't. God. And uh, we got our angel home. Um, I saw pictures of her when she was with the rescuer and a, a man was holding her when she'd got out because they knew that there was an adoptive person to, to have her. Um, Victoria fostered her, but but um, they, oh, they needed an adopter. Yeah. And, so beautiful. and um, I just saw how she held, like she's holding on to me now. She was holding on to this rescue as if to say, I'm safe now, I'm safe. And then just seeing her in the back of the car, she's got a blue eye and a brown eye. And it's like 
it just I just fell in love with her sitting on that car she's getting all hot and bothered yeah, there. Um, and just just thought she's gonna come home and um, then uh, talked my husband around he said well we have to put her on trial make sure buddy likes her because you know if, if, you, if your brother dog doesn't like her, it won't work out but we went to see Victoria at her house and uh, buddy's quite nervous with other dogs and um, we fell in love. We fell in love with Angel, took her. It was hard to take her from you because I know you loved her so much, oh, Victoria. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I would have been a found foster, really. She's so beautiful. And and I actually said to you, are you sure you're right mm. letting her go? And uh, I think she might need a bit of water, actually, she's getting dry. Yeah, let's get some water. And I think she's a little stressed. I'm a terrible host. No, no, no. <laughs> absolutely rubbish. We have, I think we've got some... Oh, look, lovely Jess is going to step out. Thank you. Sorry. It's and, just, uh, and, thank you, Jess. And, She's, she's amazing as well. And then we got her home and, and um, we had home checks, of course, we have really strict home checks, yeah. which is needed because yeah. a lot of um, rescue dogs are known to want to escape because they're so not used to being in a home. They, they've been in kill centres, they've been on the streets, they've had to survive. Uh, but they were fine. They were. We've got good fencing. We had a fantastic home check with Canine Angels, uh, which is needed because like now we've got high winds and fences can go. Mm. Um, Mine did, my fence blew over. And you have to so, check yeah. all the time because dogs go missing all the time. It's just like, so the home check was making sure everything was secure, high enough fences. They asked us what feed we were going to feed them, how, uh, which vets, and it was such a brilliant home check, which it has to be because these dogs have been through hell and back and they need to be in the right homes. So we were very blessed that we were, were we passed the home check. And um, Buddy fell in love with her, they're best friends. Yeah. We nearly brought him, but he gets more stressed than her if he's in something like this. He's not, they're not used to this sort of place. But just never forgetting, just seeing her on Facebook and Buddy, and then... You knew it was meant to be. Absolutely. absolutely they choose you. I think they look at you and they choose you. It's the same when you go to a rescue centre, like we went to um, Wallace, um, and we just knew that the, the dogs choose us. And sometimes they come with baggage, some rescue dogs. But because we've always had rescue dogs, we know that that, that we're going to give them whatever chance. And these two have just, our two, Buddy and Angel, have just been amazing. What would you say to my listener who's thinking, well, you know what, what, you know, what should I get? Should I get a rescue dog? Should I, you know, I, I would like to have a companion animal. They you are know, fantastic. Is a rescued dog the way forward? as opposed to other ways of... It, it's an individual choice, but my personal opinion is that that I would always go for rescue. And rescue can bring so much because they know that they've been saved, so to speak. And that, I really do yeah, believe give, that. Giving them a second chance. Giving them a second really, and they know. Because for whatever reason, and I've seen some stories, I don't know about as much as you, Linda, or Victoria, you know, I'm in such admiration for the work that you do. And I know that some of these dogs... I just don't understand why they've had such a dreadful start in life. It's just awful. And to think that they can have a chance of a real life with love... And you also... It's wonderful. You don't understand how much they appreciate it. And and they will. They'll pay you back with the love. And I I tell you... Buddy and Angel have been amazing. I mean, they're, they're such good dogs. They don't tear things up. They don't trash the house. They were 
Angel still uses a puppy mat every now and then because she's a bit of a missus when it comes to um, the rain. Because I think once when they're street dogs, I think she's saying, I'm not doing that again. I'm not going out in that rain. <laughs> I, I did that for far too long. But, you know, Buddy is, is her, her brother, even though they're not related, so to speak. They're both Romanian. Um, they, they're, they're most fantastic dogs. And yes, they, there's a little bit of issue there. They're, they're a little bit scared of other dogs sometimes, but it's it's because they've had to survive on the streets. But we adore them, absolutely adore them. And yeah, rescue, it's, it's, it's up to people whether they have a rescue or not, but it's spending time with a dog and not leaving them all day. I think, I think certain rescues, um, most rescues would say that people who need to be around at some point in the day, not all day necessarily, wonderful if you can, but um, if you had a full-time job, I think some, some rescues may or may not let you do that. Some do, but with a dog that's been through so much, they need, need a special home. Do you feel that you could recommend or look at the Canine Angels? Yeah, I, mean, I came back twice. I just, twice. <laughs> yes, of course. Is there going to be any more? No, we can't do any more. It's just because it, it's perfect for our lifestyle. And these two now, they're so bonded. To put, put another one into mm. the mix, it's, and it is expense. You know, there's insurance. We always have insurance for dogs just in case. Um, and it's just... Two is just perfect for us, the way our lifestyle. But if I had a bigger place, I wouldn't say no to more. But <laughs> Ian's listening. Sorry, strike that. <laughs> Sorry, hun. Where are you from then? Are you local here? I, I'm, I was born in Romford, but I live in Brentwood now. Yeah. And I lived in Hornchurch. Yeah. yeah. So you support the Canine Angels yes. as well? Yeah, don't we you? go and wave at her, uh, Victoria when she <laughs> straps herself to a plane. Oh, There's a video with Angel watching her, oh, no, and, and we're all like, you're, you're actually doing that. <laughs> It's amazing, amazing, amazing. I've got to think of something else to do this year. I'm not quite sure what my fundraiser's going to be, but... Yeah. I mean, bring, bring that mic really close to you, my Yeah, lovely. well, I'll just drop myself to an aeroplane. I've got to sort of top that, really, oh, haven't I? Phenomenon. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's amazing to see Angel today. She she really does look like a different dog. Mm. The, the, the moment I saw her, it was... It, it was just horrendous. I mean, really, really horrendous. Mm. And I fell in love with her instantly. And... Um, as I said before, you know, you can only take a certain amount of dogs out of these, these kill shelters and we only have enough money to be able to do that. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I would have been a failed foster with Angel, but I think she's, well, I know she's in the most perfect home and it was absolutely meant to be. It really, really is, oh, really was you. meant to be that you and Angel are together. Um, it's amazing to see her again. She looks so healthy. Mm. So when was the last time you saw Angel? At the wing wall. It was. And then, so that was about, that was just over a year ago. Yeah. Because it popped up on my Facebook memory. Yes. And I thought, oh, yes. that was about such you. a lovely day. Yeah, yeah, it's about seeing you. Seeing Victoria, one of my best friends, <laughs> on a flipping plane. <laughs> and she's afraid of heights. You can hear her scream. I yeah, know. I am afraid of heights. She loved it. Yeah, I did in the she end. She loved it. I did in the it end. It was yeah. just incredible. So that was when you saw, and the, the time before that was, was that when you were actually rescuing? Uh, it would have been when I fostered her because I kept her at my house for a week or so. Yes, and then you came to see her. But I, I just knew instantly that you were the right family oh. and it was it was meant to be. And she looks like Buddy too. She does. They do. They often, look the same. Even though, even though they're different sizes. And different colour. They look similar. Everybody says, are they brother and sister? Yeah. And we go, well, yes. But, yeah. but, but 
not yeah, related. Yeah. What was it like over there? I mean, we'll find out mm. more, but where, what was it like when you saw Angel? I, I, words can't describe it. It's just the, the, the most disgusting, hideous, sad, scary. It was, it's just horrible. It's just... And to think that we can only take a few, and that really kills me, that we literally have to walk away from all those spaces that I know that are not going to be saved. And that's just... gives you nightmares. And so... I try not to think in, in that way because that would just destroy me. So I try to think in a positive way. And, you know, so I try to think of the happy endings like Angel. And there are many of those. We've, we've rescued and rehomed over 850 dogs wow. now, near to 900 dogs. And um, that's kind of what keeps us all going in the charity, just the, the happy endings. Of course, there's a lot of sadness with it too. Um, but I think once you've been to places like Romania and other countries that, where they don't treat dogs in, in, in a good way at all, you cannot turn your back on that. You just simply can't. And it's hard to imagine those places until you go there. You have to go there. You have to see it. It is, it's horrifying. What is the answer though? And I know you know I know it, and mm. I know you know mm. it, because this is yeah. part of the canine angels mm. as well, is it isn't just rescuing. No. But it's, it's, aiming to make an impact on stopping this problem absolutely i mean when we very first started the charity seven years ago like most people when you see dogs in that situation you want to sweep them all up get them into a home put them on a sofa give them a bath cut their hair give them a good meal and and you want their happy ending for them then as you go along throughout the years you realize that that's amazing in itself but that's never going to stop this from happening over and over and over. So in 10 years time, 20 years time, this, the problem is still there. So we learned along the way, we kind of learned, not the hard way, but we, 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 we did learn along the way that the only way to actually stop this from happening over and over again is to sterilize all the dogs. Um, and we, I had a meeting with the CEO uh, uh, of, of Dogs Trust um, and he explained to me that you have to do 80% of the dogs in each area to make it a, a massive impact that they'll, they'll never, you know, that population will get smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, so we now work in small areas and we do as many dogs as we can in each area. We sterilise them. We do a two or three day spay a um, It's It's 27 euros per dog. So we go out and we do 100 dogs at a time. So that's two or three thousand pounds and um, over two or three days and we just keep sterilizing the dogs but honestly there are i don't know how many million i think a couple of million dogs out there in romania so you know we need a hell of a lot of money just to go and spay these dogs and we have stopped we literally bring over dogs maybe one a month now because we we know there's a massive problem in the uk as well and we, we really want to help dogs in the uk um so we know there's a huge problem here. So we're trying to not, because a lot of people actually that we don't know about, they, they, we bring the dogs over and without telling us, uh, this hasn't happened so much with our charity, with other charities, they've let the dogs then go onto the UK system. So they then let the dogs go into rescue centers here. They don't want them anymore. Um, so we won't have that. Every single dog, if you decided tomorrow, which I know would never happen in a million years, <laughs> no we can't have Angel anymore, which is a horrible thought actually. But, we, she would come back to us. We would never let her go onto the UK system. But unfortunately, there are a lot of people out there that say they want a dog, but they don't realise 
but there is a lot of work involved when you when you have a dog um and they do let the dogs go sometimes and it, they go back onto the uk shelters um and then it just makes more of a problem in the uk so just to stop that and also to to um you know, to 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 make the the impact less abroad, we just sterilise all the dogs now. That's what we're doing. So I'm going back in April to uh, sterilise another hundred dogs. Wow. So uh, yeah, I'm sure I'll see a few and and uh, bring a few back. We'll bring a few back, but we're we're trying to keep the numbers as low as possible that we do bring back. So is that the main focus now of the canine angels? Absolutely, the main focus. Yeah. Yeah, it is the main focus, definitely. Yeah, and you have got a shelter over there as well, haven't you? We we fund a shelter. Um, Yeah. We funded the build of the shelter and we send um, money out every single month to pay for food and to pay for somebody to work there and help out of the shelter and also medical costs as well. Um, so it's better land shelter that, that, that we uh, fund. Um, we also, we would like to start some other shelters as well though, um, a canine angels shelter. So that's the next plan as well, because as I said, we don't want to bring them here. We'd rather help them while they're there. Have uh, you spoken to some of the people over in Romania? Because you know, I'm sure there's really amazing, lovely people. And is it that in their, you know, in Romania, they just don't know how to deal with the situation themselves, or they just see dogs in particular in a different way yeah, to what they we do? do. For, for the most part, they do see dogs differently. I mean, of course, there are some amazing rescuers, and they, well, they do a job that maybe 50 people should be doing. They're, these people literally give their whole lives to looking after dogs. Um, and that, that is their life from the moment they wake up to the moment they fall asleep. If, if they have any sleep, that is, they're, they're, they're helping these dogs. But I think for the most part, they do look at dogs as, as vermin. As, I mean, even people that have dogs themselves, they don't stay in the house, they don't sleep in the house, they sleep outside. And they get to roam around as well. They, they're not in someone's garden even. They can roam around other streets and things. So, um, so do they not see their dogs over there at all as a companion animal? I don't, for the most part, they don't. Of course, mm. there are some, I think the younger Romanians now right. are, but the older ones, maybe, no, they don't. Mm. Um, and I think it is education, it's definitely education, but um, they also don't like to, I'm, I'm not quite sure of the reason, but they don't like to sterilise their dogs. I don't know why. Do you reckon it's a financial thing? Possibly financial, but I think, I'm sure there are other reasons to it as well. But we do help. When we do our uh, spay and neuter campaigns, we do ask the locals that can't afford to sterilise their dogs to come along. So they get their free sterilisation from us. And do they take... Absolutely, they do. Yeah, yeah, there are some people that do. Mm. But there's a lot of people that have dogs, but they'll, they might feed them once a day. But that dog can literally roam anywhere. I mean, I would never think of doing that to one of my dogs. You just could If they ran out of the garden, I'd be like, where's, where's Harry? Where's Harry? You know, I want to know where my dogs are. They're my children. I'm not just going to let them roam around, mm. you know, miles off, off the road. It's just peculiar. And if they get run over, they don't know their dog's been run over. And it's just, uh, yeah. So it's, it's a bit of everything, really. Education, financial, and just that they don't see dogs as companion animals for the most part. 
Well, Angel is being an absolute angel. She really <laughs> is. Where are you, lovely? She's, oh, she's just there. She's taking it all in. She's thinking, when am I going to get to chat? What is it? She's, the microphone, to the microphone. This is her dinner time. So. Is it? Oh. So I've got evils coming. To no. <laughs> is she hungry? No, we she's will. She's all right. She's all right. My lovely Alicia. We've had three times a day. She's all right. We will tweet out some photos of Angel. Right. See, she is joining in she's now. Oh, she always does that. Yeah. She does talk. You thought I was joking. No, she really does talk. <laughs> She's like that. Do you remember that years ago? What was it? On sausages. Esther Ransom. Yeah. Sausage. Sausages. Sausage. Sausage. Yeah. <laughs> but they were moving his mouth. Oh. Yeah, no, she does talk. <laughs> she, she does. She actually. Yeah, she does. She does. Adorable. <laughs> oh. Well, I, do you think that she remembers her past, though, now? Or do you feel that she, she's more... She has fear of certain things, mm. so there must be a memory mm. that comes. Mm. But I don't think she sits at home every day thinking, oh, that was horrible. Mm. I think if children run at her very fast, which sometimes children don't know not to run at a dog. Mm. I mean, most most parents are really good and just say, is it all right for my child to stroke your dog? Of course. I prefer them not with Angel because I know she, I think she has a fear of some children. Mm. And she'll just power um so there must be a memory there from that so who knows what's happened to them um but she's a very happy she does a crazy teddy dance every time dinner's being served up it's almost like she gets this teddy that she has and she i'm seeing it throws it around. So i think i put a video on canine angels at some point and she throws it around as if she's killing it as if she's killing her food and then she eats a dinner that we've made for, or you know, the dinner we've served up. So in her psyche, she's made that dinner. Yeah. Oh, bless. Uh, and, but it's crazy, she throws it around and then it can go flying and land in, it, it just goes flying and hangs off the light sometimes. <laughs> she's crazy. The thing that. about dogs is they, they just live for the day. They just yeah. get on in with life. They're in the moment, exactly. Mm. And that's what I love about them. They don't hold grudges. You can, if someone treats them badly, they'll just, They'll just forget, well not forget it, but they just get on with things. They're so inspiring. And they still have a capacity to love, even yeah, after they do. all that. And they that's what really we do. And the love that they give us is just, I'm gonna go, <laughs> but is to know what they've been through. Mm. And then every night I cuddle my little girl and my little boy, and yes, I call them that. Um, and I'm thankful and blessed that they've come to our lives. Not just people say, oh, it's really good that you've rescued these dogs. Mm. Uh, but we feel the same about them coming to us. They're, they're amazing. Well, look, really great to hear a, an incredible happy ending. And that's what we want for all of the canine mm. angels and all of the rescued animals, rescued dogs that need a new, new start. A all new animals, start all life. over the world, everywhere, yeah. at home, abroad. If every rescue dog could have their forever home, mm -hmm. that would be my wish. If I got a genie wish, wish that would be my wish. Well, look, I'm going to play next the Canine Angels Let's Go Home because I think Love it is a song. beautiful song. I play it frequently on my show. Um, and it is bipolar as well, who is not bipolar. <laughs> <laughs> it is sung and performed Polar, by the founder of Canine Angels, yes. wrote and performed the song. So it is bipolar. <laughs> it is. <laughs> 
bipolar. <laughs> but she's not oh, bipolar. What are we like? But it's a beautiful know. song. As I say, I do play it quite bipolar. a lot. And you go, I know, stop, you've got the giggles now, Linda. <laughs> the Canine Angels, Let's Go Home. And if you want to find out about this track, if you just put it into YouTube, you, you will get to see the video, which stars a whole host of incredible rescue dogs as well as Victoria and Polar. Uh, but let's play this now. You listen to me, Karen Ridges, with my wonderful guests um, and the wonderful Angel, who is a rescue dog, dog by the canine angels.
again to the wonderful Linda who brought in Angel, one of the rescue dogs uh, from the Canine Angels, an incredible charity. Thanks for sharing the story and having a chat with us. We're going to be speaking to Victoria Featherstone Pierce as well, who is one of the co-founders. And we're going to be speaking to the wonderful Jess Michael, who is Miss Superfood. And on top of all of that, I'm just feeling the love of the old school club classics.
Olive and you're not alone. You're listening to me, Karen Ridges, here on Phoenix FM. It's all go every Friday. It's like a massive party. Um, and joining me now, we're going to have a wonderful chat. One of my old friends, shouldn't say old though, should I? Long-term friend who I've not seen for a long time. Um, I'm so happy to see you again. Miss Superfood. That's a, it's a great name. Great name, isn't it? Jess Michael. Hello, lovey. When did we first meet? Because I know I come over, we hung out, and I it's all like a distant blur because yeah. I sort of work things out either BC or AC. So it's before Callum, my son was born, or AC after. <laughs> and I think it was when he was very little, wasn't he? Yeah, I met. think the first time we ever met was, you know, the first ever, uh, used to be called Bristol Vegan Fair? Yes. I think we met there. I think that was probably the first time we like hung out. That's amazing. Well, mm. Bristol, the Bristol Veg Fest, which is now, and obviously it's taking a, a breather from Bristol. But I mean, that was 18 years ago. Yeah. So I didn't, I wasn't there the first sort of few, um, but I've been to all of the Brighton Veg Fest. Yes. Yeah. And I we've got that know. next weekend. And I know we saw each other at Brighton. I, and you're from Brighton, aren't you? Yeah, I'm from Brighton. Been there for about 11, 12 years now. Have you been to Essex before? Do you know, I think this is my first time. Woohoo! <laughs> Welcome to Essex. And I forgot, are you filming? Do you know, I forgot to press record. Do you want to press record? Yeah, yeah, go yeah, on, go and press record. Okay. We don't mind. My listener and I can just hang out while the Miss Superfood, absolutely beautiful, Jess sets up her video recorder. And you know what? If we're really lucky, maybe she will let us have some of the footage for the Listen Again link on phoenixfm.com. And that's where you can come and hear um, if you want to if you love the music if you like the sound of the people that I have on and I love it I love the guests they're the best guests ever we've got the wonderful Victoria Feather, Featherstone Pierce. honestly I can't even speak this evening in the house as well so it's all go come and sit down um, take a pew it's all we've, we've just drunk, drunk too much coffee today but you're recording now I'm glad I spotted that yeah we're all on we're all, we're all on but so you've come in from Brighton. I love Brighton. Yeah. It really is my second home. And I just feel that it's like its own little world, isn't it? It's, it's, mm. It just evolves, maybe a bit like Essex. We're sort of very into Essex and we don't need to leave Essex unless we pop to London. Mm. But, but Brighton yeah. has everything. It's the same as that, really. You know, Brighton is its own, like, beautiful, unique, stunningly inclusive bubble. And you can get to the point where you just don't actually need to leave unless you need to go to London or yeah. obviously come to Essex to see you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's got everything there and it's very, very um, like sort of forward thinking as well. So um, yeah, it's a great place to hang out. I do. I love it. It's well worth, and especially obviously when you've got VegFest as well. So it really is worth popping over for a weekend and, and checking it out. So thank you for coming from Brighton today. Oh, thank you for all having me. All the way over Yay. to Essex, which is wonderful. But how do things all start out for you? Because you're a passionate vegan. I know you've been vegan for, is it about 18 years now? Yeah, it's about 18 years now, so yeah. It's had a big impact on your life as well. Mm. And you've, you've got, you own a business as well. What's your business called? My business is Raw Guy Superfood Skincare and we hand make uh, superfood skincare that is completely vegan, organic, natural, pure. We hand make it in Brighton. 
um, and by the sea as well. Lovely. Uh, so yeah, we do that in the in the daytime. Yeah. So what what did you do before all of that then? Oh, before that, I had another vegan company. Before that, it was called Total Raw Food, and we used to import superfoods before they were available uh, in the UK health food market. Things like goji berries and raw chocolate mainly. Uh, and I used to run events and show people how to make raw vegan recipes. Lovely, that's really good. So, but how did it all start for you then? Uh, so basically, mine is kind of a really unusual story where I got really sick when I was really young. So I started getting really ill when I was probably about 16 with things like glandular fever. And then I ended up with chronic fatigue syndrome when I was 18 years of age. And I had it so badly that I literally couldn't get out of bed. So I went from being like really active and having loads of energy to literally being com like, not completely bed bound, but pretty much. And I needed to like start looking, well, I wanted to start looking at my diet and my lifestyle because I was told that I probably wouldn't get better. Uh, so that's pretty much, you know, all I had to play with. So how long ago was that? That was 18 years ago. That was 18 years ago. Yeah. So you, as a teenager... Yeah, I'd just gone know, to uni. You so know? there wasn't the resources that we've got now, was there? No. To really find out. But something yeah. in you made you think, right, I've got to research this for myself. Yeah, I started firstly making the, the link with diet. So the first thing I did is I cut out wheat, gluten, so basically a gluten, sugar and dairy. They're the first three things I cut out. And then I started researching more and playing with raw foods. And I realized really quickly that the more raw foods I ate, like the better I'd feel. And the less animal products I ate, the much better I would feel. So I made that connection very, very quickly. So it was something I started to then really massively pursue. Um, and you know, within a very short period of time, I was back on my feet and I'd run the London Marathon just over like four hours. Can we say this again? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you were very ill. You were getting lots of serious challenges. And yeah. basically you changed what you were eating. Was there anything else that you did or was it the main thing you changed what you were eating? It was definitely the main thing. But another thing I did is I stopped using chemical products on my skin. I stopped my family, like when I was back at home, um, they stopped using chemical products like around the house, cleaning products as well. So we just kind of went back to basics and started uh, making a lot of our own stuff and just being aware of like the, the level of harmful chemicals we were around. Uh, but the diet came first and I would say, you know, that is the thing coming off the animal products was just so beneficial, like for my health and my skin as well. I had really bad skin, you know, I, I had weight problems and um, since making the conscious decision to eat plant foods and then eventually go vegan, uh, you know, weight, the weight hasn't been an issue. My skin like cleared up pretty quickly and, you know, I have like so much more energy now. I can't believe this. So basically, I've got my listeners <laughs> sitting there taking notes and we're, we're both, I'm just thinking, what does this woman eat? Because I want to eat the same. Because you've got loads of energy. But seriously, it wasn't like, oh, I just don't feel good. You had glandular fever. You, you, there was lots of issues going on. And they cleared up, what, within weeks, months, years? How long did it take? Like within six months, I'd had like a transformational recovery to the point where like the doctors just couldn't believe it. Uh, and I was told that, you know, that, would, that for many doctors that I was seeing, they, they said that they'd never seen anything like it. Um, but then they hadn't 
also seeing a patient that had gone vegan back then as well because it wasn't like being vegan now like there's loads of vegans oh everyone's <laughs> a flipping vegan now <laughs> jumping on my bandwagon <laughs> i used to feel special and now yeah same. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah whatever do you want the vegan menu okay i you know, know vegans are taking over the world i don't have to kick up a fuss anymore and oh i'm not gonna come <laughs> here because you can't cater for <laughs> me everyone can cater for me now it's boring yeah. i have to go to the next level i don't know what that is I'm Raw there. vegan. Raw vegan. Yeah. I do not. I do feel that that's the way to go at, at some level. And I mean, I start my day with a green smoothie and I tend Amazing. to be raw, you know, but not, you know, not a hundred percent all day long and you just bought in raw energy balls as well which are I absolutely did. amazing yes are they good amazing they're from the health garden mm. i thought there was more than two we've only got two balls <laughs> victoria how dare you i think we've got to share i'm Sharon not coming to finish them ever again <laughs> I had a little bite, a little nibble. <laughs> you had a nibble? <laughs> this is, we haven't stopped laughing about those balls. Have we, we have not stopped laughing. I can't wait to try them, but I thought there was more than two in the bag. I should have I should have said, please, can I have can I have more balls, please? <laughs> but I think the thing is <laughs> Victoria's just gone. We've lost the plot today. But it is, there's gonna be like dates, there's gonna be probably cashew nuts or I don't know, just really good stuff. And I'm sure you know all about that. I want to know what you eat. Mm. You know, I'm just looking at this. Is no, this no, that's yours? not mine. No, this, this is, is this, this is, is not this mine. Is, this is not ours at all. No. Unhealthy junk food wrappers. I'm sure that's from Mr. Drive time. <laughs> but um, so tell me, what is a typical day of food for you? Or what was it then when you were really trying to regain your health? Okay, so like I wasn't like the, the like the most unhealthiest student in the world. It's not like I was eating like you know trash all day or anything like that. Like I would dip in and out of it. Um, and I was vegetarian. I first went vegetarian when I was ten, um, but it wasn't something I hundred percent stuck at between like ten and eighteen. I think I was vegetarian probably most of the time. Um, but um, when I went to uni, I decided to experiment, and I and I started eating flesh products. Uh, so and then it was like that was just kind of a slippery slope down for me, uh, and then it's heading straight into the ME, the chronic fatigue syndrome, um, and so. Yeah, so back then it was kind of like I wouldn't eat kind of takeaways all the time like a lot of my friends were eating. So I was probably like on the, you can imagine like a standard student. I was probably like on the healthier end of that, uh, but I was definitely partaking in a full student activities. <laughs> uh, so it was probably, you know, not the healthiest thing. I, when I was uh, in the halls of residence, Chris Evans, I think it was Chris Evans, or Big Breakfast came in basically, and we did a competition, and I literally won a year's worth of baked beans because I won the competition. So <laughs> I kind of like had loads of baked beans. You must be absolutely not wanting to ever eat baked beans again. Yeah, I'm kind of like not so into baked beans these days. <laughs> Did you eat them all? Did you share them? Yeah, I shared them with everyone in my halls of residence. We literally had like a year's supply of that and cleaning products. But the joke was it was the cleaning products was just like a bottle of bleach because, you know, students don't clean apparently. Oh. Um, but the baked beans were just, yeah, we all had loads of baked beans. So but was there 365 cans or something? They basically beans. left us with a shopping trolley, like piled high with, with baked beans. Oh. That just put me right off. Yeah. There's a lot of beans. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I kind of like would eat like what was going, but I would kind of try and stick a little bit more 
um, a little bit more fruit and veg probably than, than maybe most. Um, and then when I decided to start like experiment with my diet, I went more into like a raw food diet. So uh, back then there wasn't a massive selection, as you know, because you've been vegan like a really long time. Like there wasn't a massive selection of like vegan junk food or vegan food in general. Yeah, like there is now. Yeah, yeah is. now it's just like the easiest thing to do. It's yeah. just amazing. But back then there wasn't that anyway. So um, I went straight into fruit and vegetables, nuts, seeds. I used to sprout foods. I was making smoothies. I would juice. I'd make like raw soups, flax crackers. I was like going straight. I just wanted, I was chasing the nutrients. Like I wanted the nutrients. If it had nutrients in it, then I was basically not counting calories anymore. I was just completely counting the nutrients. And what did your friends say of all of this? You've gone from the baked bean queen to sprouting <laughs> your own sprouts and juicing. What, what did they think? Well, most of my friends were really supportive because they saw how ill I was and they were really kind of grateful that I'd got back on track and that I was feeling kind of good again. So most of them were really supportive and um you know and, and would be really behind me on it which was really nice mm. so you were really incorporating a lot of healthy products you were completely raw vegan yeah do you still live that way today do you still eat as healthily as you can i do try and eat as healthy as i can but i'm definitely not I'm not in the same headspace as I was back then. Um, so like now, like I, I want to be healthy and I feel better when I'm having all these foods that I can drink that are completely alive. But also like I absolutely love trying all these amazing plant-based foods that have hit the market. All this like incredible, like, you know, food that you can now get. You can get a replacement for everything. There's literally nothing you can't get as a vegan or plant-based alternative and I really love trying all these things and like people come to me and say okay what about this what about that and you know they want to try to transition to a vegan diet and because I've tried most things um, I can I feel like I can like help them better whereas if I stick into my raw thing then I get a lot of people coming to me saying can you help me be a raw fooder which is fine but like I just want to reach as many people as possible with the with the vegan message because I think we're at a state where like you know if you look at the, you know the state of the situation you've got like 70 billion land animals per year being killed for food clothing and entertainment right say that again miss superfood because <laughs> it is yeah it's shocking crazy. and i want my listener to really take that sentence in okay so basically it takes like 30 years to count for one to a billion so this is just to get the scale of this because when we talk billions most people find that really hard to identify with so it takes 30 years to count for one to a billion but every year 70 billion land animals are killed for food, clothing um, and entertainment every single year. And it's also a trillion fish every single year. What are the answers? The answer is we need to start looking at plant-based alternatives and we need to look at our diet and look at our lifestyle and think, okay, what are all the things that I really enjoy doing? Like, you know, I want my morning coffee or I want my sandwich and I want my evening meal. And we need to look at all the things that we really enjoy eating and look for plant-based alternatives of those foods so that we're not feeling like we're making massive transitions. We're just simply moving slightly over, you know, because this is, there's no better time than now to do this because the market is completely alive with plant-based alternatives of our favorite animal products you know and if we like I kind of started going into the compassion side of it that started really speaking to me really loudly 
And, you know, I realized that, you know, people are animals too, you know, and animals are sentient beings. We both feel emotion, we feel pain, pleasure, joy. We have the capacity and capability, you know, to suffer just like them. They're just like us. And both of us, you know, we have this unique thing where like our lives matter to both of us, us and, and the animals that we're consuming. So I started making these connections. Um, and then I started doing like my own research because I think, you know, it's really important that we do our own research. We don't just believe what we hear. We, we look into it. There's amazing films out now like Land of Hope and Glory, which is all about the UK. And I really recommend having a little look at, at, at you know, at that. And I started to basically realize that you know, like if you look at the dairy industry, once we start to like forcibly impregnate dairy cows and then at like nine months later, we take their baby calves away from them, like both the mom and the baby suffer immensely, you know, and I was, I was vegetarian for a long time and I was thinking that I was ending all harm to animals by not eating them. And I wasn't aware that um, I was still directly contributing to the deaths of many, many animals. And I started basically doing the research. Um, and I wanted to learn that, you know, if a calf is female, she'll go back into the system and become a dairy cow, just like her mum. Uh, if, if it's a male bobby calf, then he'll either be killed by the farmer and a lot of farmers then go and sell their bodies to like local hunt teams for a few pounds. So a lot of the baby bo bobby calves end up. Or he might be raised for a year or so until he's like big enough to be profitable, to be slaughtered. Um, but you know this this re process just repeats itself year after year until you know the mother's mother cow's body is just so weak that she falls down, uh, she can't get back up again, and this is in the industry is known as down cow. So at this point, like she'll you know she'll get a knife across the throat, and her body chopped up and turned into pieces, you know, for us to eat. Um, you know, this is stuff that, that most people don't know, you know, because this is something that the industry, the dairy industry just don't want to share with us. They want us to feel and believe that, that they're doing like the cow a favor by milking the cow. You know, they're being kind to the cow. Um, but really this can be like further from the truth because as mums, you know, we know it's all about supply and demand, you know, so with breast milk, um, it's only produced when uh, it's been demanded. So we don't need to milk the cow uh, and do her a favor. We need to stop um, using the cow for our own benefit and look at amazing alternatives now like oat milk, almond milk. Um, you know, this is literally like you go to any supermarket, you can get roughly 12 to 14 plant milks. So you might not like the first thing and that's really common, but you know, just keep trying, you know, because there are milks out there that don't involve this amount of suffering uh, that can really benefit your health that can massively benefit the environment um, and then you won't be supported this kind of exploitation to animals i really love what you're saying yes, and particularly you've done your research but not only are you just saying you know i, I felt better or you know this happens you've really done your research but you've lived and breathed this because you've gone from you know, chronic illnesses, conditions, and completely turns your life around. Whereas maybe somebody else might think, what do I do? Do I go to the doctor? Do I take pharmaceutical drugs? I, I don't know the answers, mm. but you've lived and breathed this. You are a walking advert, if you like, for what, what you can achieve by changing your diet. And also for you, it's not just about the health benefits. You've really looked into what really goes on 
with the dairy industry and other industries. Yeah. And I think I've got to say it as well. I mean, I, I don't know when I went vegan. I think about 25 years ago. Um, and I remember when I first went vegan, I think I had someone come round to do something in my house. And I was apologetic at that time, you know, many years ago, and said, oh, you know, uh, you know, would you like a cup of tea? I, I've only got soya milk. And part of me was apologetic. For, part of me just thought, well, I am very proud and I don't want cow milk in my house. But there was a bit of, oh, are they going to think I'm weird? And now, as you said, you go to the supermarket and you think, what the hell shall I have? Coconut milk, almond milk, soya milk, hemp milk, rice milk, oat milk. And I just think, for one, I feel sorry if you just have boring old cow, but two, <laughs> what is the, the way is only bigger and better. And I really feel phasing out perhaps the animal milks. Yeah, like you say, it's just so easy now. And I like, I really feel for you because I used to do that as well. And because I, I didn't even have soya milk because I wouldn't have anything cooked at the time. So I, I remember having builders in my house as well. And uh, I would make fresh almond milk just to put in people's coffee. Oh, bless you. And it what was effort you went Yeah, to. I didn't mind, but you know, it was kind of fun because people were like, wow, what is this? And you know, it was like a, you know, it was kind of like a learning curve for, you know, people back then that, because they hadn't even heard of something like almond milk cashew milk um, but like you say it's just the easiest thing to do now like you, you know you literally just move your arm slightly further to the right I know that's it. <laughs> like, should I no can I do that yes I'm a vegan I've got power yeah. and you just pick up the dairy free milk it's it's yeah. very easy and oat milk I mean oh, look, oat, oat milk. milk wow we're all the biggest oat milk fans I tell you what let's play a little bit of music um, and then I don't want you guys to leave because I want to hear more from Victoria and more for you Jess is that okay that's perfect if we carry on chatting I want to talk about natural skincare as well which I know is your passion and I also want to find out a little bit more about the canine angels um, you're listening to me Karen Ridges I hope you're enjoying my wonderful guests as much as I am and I am sticking with the old school club classics as well this is the original I love you baby it is 7.13 on this fantastic Friday night Oh, 
Karen Ridges, inviting you to join me for the House of Fun this and every Friday evening from 6pm for two hours of great music, lively chat and some awesome guests. We're across Brentwood, Billericay and surrounding areas on 98FM and online to the world at phoenixfm.com. Join me, Karen Ridges, for the House of Fun, Friday at 6pm here on Phoenix FM.
evening are some wonderful ladies. I am so blessed and I hope you are as excited as I am, my lovely listener, to hear what they've got to say. We're chatting with wonderful Jess, who is Miss Superfood. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. And also Victoria Featherstone Pierce, my wonderful friend, my vegan sister, who is the <laughs> co-founder of the Canine Angels. And you're no stranger to the studio, my lovely. I know. You were sitting in the hot I seat. used to sit exactly where you're sitting right now. You did, and I sat over there. I know. We had a big laugh there. Oh, I love Phoenix FM. What an I amazing know. radio station it is. And you're not based here at the moment, but you are a fellow Essex lady, aren't you? Well, yeah, I was born in London, but we moved mm. to Essex when I was a child, and uh, yeah, I was brought up in Essex, in, actually in Basildon. Mm. So my mum lives around home? the corner, so I'm going to go and see my mum afterwards. Oh. Haven't seen for a couple of weeks so I'll pop in and say hi she doesn't know I'm coming so it'll be a bit of a surprise oh, oh doesn't she no 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 I won't, I won't tell her she won't answer the phone anyway but, um, <laughs> she, never, she never hears the phone she can't hear the phone so I'll just pop in oh. she'll be like who's that lady in white coming to see me oh that's nice so yeah you've had a good day in Essex I'll oh it's been fantastic to our good friend Emmeline at the White oh, Coast Retreat she what a is, great time we had there I've known Emmeline since well I don't know probably about 15 years or something She's a lovely lady, passionate about helping people look as wonderful as they possibly can. Mm. So you've done that. We've hung out. We, we went to the health garden, had a healthy vegan bite to eat. I had a fantastic green smoothie. It was so green. It was nearly too green for me. We're, we're buzzing, aren't we, from our energy balls? I Beauty treatments at the White Post Farm. I'm just buzzing from today. What it's a great wonderful. Friday we've had. But thanks for taking time out. I know you're really busy. You know, you've gone from the designer clothes, the designer shoes, to being hands-on. You're not just like the face of the charity, are you? You're actually out there rescuing dogs. Yeah. I've seen photos of you in the operating table, spay and neutering. Yeah, sterilising dogs. My life before Canon Angels was completely different to what my life is now. But I can honestly say, hand on my heart, I've never been so happy. Honestly, it makes me want to cry. I love Canine Angels. I love the charity. I love what we do. Yes, my life before I was modelling, um, doing TV work, I still do little bits now. But I think as an older woman that has been there and done it, so to speak, I just see things really differently. For instance, yes, I did used to have all the designer handbags and shoes. um, And that was my thing. You know, all women have their thing that they like to do. And actually now I sell them and I sell those things and I give the money to the dogs. So my life has changed completely. And we founded Canaan Angels seven years ago. And it was literally from Facebook. Um, saw a little plea on Facebook. A lovely lady called Madalena uh, was saying that she needed help. There was a little dog living in the forest. Um, and she needed, I, I can't remember, it was 50 euros um, to help this little dog. Now, at that point, we never knew who she was. But I discussed it with the two other founders, who's uh, Pola and Annika. And I said, look, I'm just going to take a chance, send the money. If it happens to be somebody that's lying and, um, you know, not actually going to help the dog, then fine, I've lost X amount of money, which is not a lot of money. Um, But I'm going to give it a go. So I sent the money out to Madalena and she is the most, we still work with her very closely now, the most amazing rescuer. And um, so she, she... this dog's name was Angel as well. We named her Angel. She was living in the forest in a cardboard box. We got Angel, then came to my house in Berkshire when I lived in Berkshire, um, and we found the most amazing home in America for her. We sent her to a ranch in the States. 
and we'd we hadn't we didn't have the charity at that point and we were like well if we can help this one little dog uh what what God, what kind of dog was she um like a little jack russell if we can help this one little dog we can help many dogs look how amazing this this was look how easy it was actually we just you know from people we knew on facebook the word got around and the response we had was just so incredible um so we rehomed Angel and then we said, right, we're going to start a charity. We know lots of people. Annika was presenting, Polo as a singer, I was modelling. We thought, well, we're going to use our contacts for something really amazing. Um, and we started Canine Angels. I came up with the name Canine Angels and it's been going for seven and a half years. Now have the most incredible team of volunteers. Everybody volunteers. None of us get paid. None of us want to get paid. Everything we do is purely out of love. And what I really love about my charity is if you donate to us every single penny goes to those dogs whereas a lot of the bigger charities and understandably so they do have people to pay but you know the ceos don't need to earn 250 grand um we don't get paid we don't want to get paid so any if you you donate 10 pounds 10 pounds goes to the dogs um and in the last seven years this very small amazing group of volunteers have now re rehomed over 850 dogs that were living the life of hell, um, now sitting on sofas, the happiest dogs in the world. Um, and we've spayed and neutered sterilized around 1,500 dogs. Uh, we've raised in money around 500,000 um, pounds. And we've built a shelter from scratch. Um, so, and, you know, got on a mini uh, education tour in schools in the UK. And this is just, this is something we do in our spare time, so to speak. So it's well, not spare time, but, you know, if I'm not working, I'll be working on Canine Angels, which is most days I'm working on Canine Angels. But everybody in the charity has a job. They're all working. Um, but we just give our all. We're consistent. We work most days. Um, and this is just from five ladies that just adore dogs. Now, we're all multiple uh, dog owners or parents if, if you like um i have seven dogs myself sue our trustee has nine dogs so that's quite a mad house um i think rebecca has four or five polar has four judy has two um and fergus our silent trustee um i don't know he has about five or six too so we just this is really born from passion and love of dogs and um yeah my life is it's changed my life as well as changing all these dogs' lives because I am just a more happy, fulfilled, fulfilled person because I'm doing something that just makes my heart sing. And um, every single day, you know, when you see people, rescuers coming back to you saying, thank you for this, thank you for that, I've helped this dog today, I've helped that dog today, that nothing compares to that. I know we always, we, we do talk about the dogs and we had Angel's story, story earlier, but just from our point of view, I don't think there's anything that's touched us in, in such a way from doing something like this. So anybody that's listening, honestly, it, it, even if it doesn't, it, dogs are not your thing, it, do something for somebody else or something else, because I'm telling you now, you it will come back to you tenfold. It really will. And um, couldn't be prouder of Canine Angels. I think what we've achieved in a small amount of time is incredible, but we can't forget that, you know, the people that donate, um, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. Uh, so thank you to everybody that, that donates to us. Um, and as I said, every single penny that comes into the charity goes to those dogs. Uh, and that's 
what makes me so proud of the charity as well that I know every penny goes to those dogs rather than um, we don't have an office we don't pay our staff um, one of our trustees is an, a head accountant so she does all our accounts um, so yeah I'm just uh, really really proud of the charity so if you want to join us and follow us and help us you don't always have to do you know you can do small things you can share so what a post. are you looking for what are you looking for to help the canine angel my listener out there might be thinking i want to support yeah. in some way well look i mean if you're thinking of having a dog in your life and they are part of your family always um adopt don't buy don't buy from a breeder why would you why would you lie in a breeder's pocket um when you can adopt a dog that's probably you know, had a really bad start in life, is sitting in a shelter somewhere, whether it be in the UK or abroad, and waiting for love, waiting for someone to take them um, and love them. Um, I've been into absolutely terrible, in brackets, shelters in Romania, and these dogs are, are dying, and without people adopting them, they will die in those places. Um, and, you know, that that's number one adopt rather than shop for a dog always um but if you can't if you can't donate which of course money is always needed if you can't do that at least share our posts at least tell people about what we do um but we're always obviously looking for donations and our money we we send i think you know we get a couple of thousand in a month and that goes out every single month that goes to the shelter that we that we help build in romania um it goes to food and shelter and, and medical as well. So every single penny that comes in goes out. Um, you know, do a f little fundraiser. You can do fundraisers. You or, I mean, you know, I've done some crazy fundraisers. You have actually cycle rides. Five hundred mile from cycle ride. One side of the country yeah, to the other. It's Kilimanjaro. I've, I've climbed Kilimanjaro, twice now. Kilimanjaro. Yeah. Um, but you don't have to do stuff like that. You know, you can do something like your tips for the day. You know, give to the give to a charity or. You know, it can be something small, a coffee morning, um, selling your old clothes on eBay, stuff that you don't want. We've all got stuff lying around our house. You know, I've got tons of stuff, actually, that I'm going to get on eBay soon, and I'll be giving all the money to, to Canine Angels. Um, so, yeah, we can all do something. You know, not everybody has to do, do tons of stuff if we all just do a little bit. Um, and I do just want to give a shout-out to a shelter in Romania called Red Panda, now, Red Panda, I went out to visit in 2014, I believe, with Wet Nose Animal um, Charity. And we went out there with uh, quite a few celebrities. Lorraine Chase, um, Sam Fox was supporting it, um, and Saffron from Republica. And we went out there, and at that time, Red Panda were doing really, really well. They had funds coming in. Um, their little shelter that holds around 20 dogs was doing extremely well. But we've recently heard from them, and they are literally about to close if they don't get financial help um and that's another thing i think people sort of don't quite understand the celebrity side and we do have a lot of celebrity uh people supporting us so you do. i mean you have a, a brilliant patron as yeah, well yeah sue barker ob is our patron and i don't think people quite realize if we don't have big voices like that sending the messages out nobody's going to know about canine angels who's going to know about us there's there's what two hundred thousand charities or or more in the uk so you need people um tweeting about you and talking about you ricky gervais did a retweet that brought in thirty-two thousand pounds so it's really important that we do have the celebrities um helping so we had the celebrities come out to well, uh 
wet nose amylase had the celebrities come out to Romania at that point but and and that um Red Panda were doing very well at that point, but they're not now. And we desperately need to get some funds for them because they're going to close. And I have to say, they're one of the, the best shelters. I mean, I would honestly, if my dog was ever in a situation where they needed to go somewhere, I would let my dog go there because it is a lovely, beautiful shelter. It's not like a shelter, it's very homely. Um, and it would be very sad to see them to close down. Um, you know, we need more shelters like that, if anything. Uh, the ones in Romania that they call themselves shelters, they're not, they're, you know, there aren't, there aren't any beds, it's cold floors, it's wet, there aren't any food, they throw food at them every day or so, every other day. Uh, but Red Panda is, it would be such a shame to see that place go. Um, so I just wanted to give a shout out to, to them and also the amazing rescuers that we work with. Now, yeah, Canon Angels, we are great. We do do some great work and of course the people that donate as well. But I have to say the rescuers in Romania, um, Aurelia, Reluca, uh, Magdalena, they are incredible. From the time they get up in the morning to the time they go to sleep, it is saving dog one after the other after the other. These women are amazing, and um, without them, honestly, these dogs would not stand a chance whatsoever. So it is, a, it's collectively, it's a group, it is a group thing, we all work together, uh, we've got a great team now. Um, and I just want, my wish is just for Canine Angels to keep on going, you know, it's, it's done such amazing work in the last seven years, and I, I don't want it to, to stop, I don't want to stop being a part of these dogs' happiness. So. Well, you are a big inspiration to a oh, lot of people, Victoria. I know you're amazing. Your heart is really in the, in the right place. And I know the Canine Angels, you know, it's a charity that you can trust Listen, and you believe in. no man is in. an island, so no one can do everything, but we can all do something. And we can all do something together. And if we work together, we can do, we can achieve amazing things. And that's just what I, just want Canine Angels to carry on and, um, just keep helping dogs because I'm telling you now they desperately desperately need us we're going to put your details on the listen again link amazing um how can people find out more about you I know you've got your own Instagram as well yeah we're on Instagram we're on Facebook and our website is www.k9k-9angels.org uh, but if you Google Canine Angels, you'll you'll find us. That's for sure. Oh well, look. <laughs> thanks for joining us. I know you're going to rush off to Basildon. Thank you so much. Down the road, we're going to play a little bit more music, and then we're going to also hear from Miss Superfood again. But thank you so thank much, you, Victoria. Karen. It's always a pleasure. We're going to play a little bit of Cafe Del Mar. I do love mm. a bit of Ibiza. Yeah, me too.
me back to Ibiza. I want to go back. Jess, have you been to Ibiza before? No, I haven't been to Ibiza either. Shut up. No Ibiza, no Essex. You are just so new. <laughs> I know, but I do go to Thailand every year, though. So do that you? Makes up for it. That does make up. Victoria, have you been to Ibiza? Speak right into that microphone. I've been to Ibiza twice, and I'm not sure they'll want me back. <laughs> Let's put the fader down on Victoria. I'm joking. No, I just around. had the best time there. It was amazing. I love amazing. Ibiza. And Jess, Miss Superfood, you've come from Brighton, which in my mind is a mini Ibiza. And I feel that. Some parts of Essex are like a mini Brighton, especially Leon C. Leon C is like a mini Brighton. You're selling it to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're well, not quite yeah. Brighton. But Brighton is really like Ibiza, but just mainly <laughs> without the sun. See, I don't even need to go then. We, we get <laughs> about two days sun a year, so, you know. <laughs> you do. Oh, well, look, thank you for joining us. It's so nice to see you. We've heard about your story earlier. Um, and I know you are passionate about natural skincare, which I think, you know, we need to talk about and know more about what we're eating. But actually, it's really important what we're putting on our skin. And I just think a lot of products, you know, I might look at the back because I want to know if they've got animal ingredients in. And then I think, I can't even pronounce that chemical mm. and I'm putting it on my skin. Yeah. But you don't use products like that, do you? No, I really wanted to just go back to basics with it. Mm. And I wanted to look at like, what it, what does what do the skin actually need? Like what nutrients does the skin need? How can we get those nutrients through plants pretty much only? And then like, how can we just maximize the nutrition in the skin food that we put on our skin yeah and so i just didn't want to be creating products which had loads of harmful chemicals in where like you say you can't read the inky because it's just too long it's too small it doesn't make any sense so i try and write in english as well as use (laughs) (laughs) complicated names um and you know basically if it doesn't need to be in there then it won't be in there so like things like things like water like we use the highest quality certified Cosmos Organic floral waters. So for every like litre of floral water, you have a kilo of fresh plants that, and, and that's how it's infused. So we just, we're all into plant acids. We're all into like high nutrient, high potency, minimal fuss, skincare. And we're certified as well. Tell me again what your brand is called. Cause I know it's all handmade. It's all vegan. Yeah, it's called Raw Gaia. Raw Gaia. What does that care. mean? Because that means something, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like raw as in like not heat treated because all the ingredients that we get or we make ourselves, we don't heat. Um, and also when you're making skincare and other cosmetics, there's usually a, a heat phase involved. But we completely skip that. So we have no heating elements at all in our factory. Everything's cold pressed. So it's in, as in raw as in like raw food diet, you know, raw, alive, full of nutrients. And then Gaia is the goddess of the earth. Oh, that is so nice. What sort of ingredients are we going to find in raw Gaia products then? What would you use? Well, we have like three key ranges for different skin types. So, and they're all based around different superfoods or food supplements. So we have MSM, which is in the MSM Organic Beauty collection. Now I've heard of MSN and I had some MSN and it was in my fridge for about six years and I thought, <laughs> what do I do with it? And I put it in some water and I drunk it and it was the most vile thing, but it's so good for you. And I thought, I've got to just get over myself 
and drink this stuff because it is very, very good. I think I did it too strongly, though. Yeah, so basically, that's exactly what most people struggle with. The taste of MSM yeah. is really full on and it's not for everyone. And then with a bit of experimenting, I realised that it works incredibly well when you apply it topically to the skin as well as consuming it. So you can still get the benefits. For example, you can rebuild collagen, you can get rid of dark circles, fine lines, scar tissue. If people have had acne problems, you know, when they've been younger, you can uh, have all these benefits just by applying it topically. So in the MSM Organic Beauty uh, ritual, which is, you know, designed for dry skin or aging skin, uh, you have a superfood in there as well along with a whole load of other things we use in the moisturizers we use like chocolate butter uh, we use things like avocado oil broccoli seed oil hemp seed oil chia seed oil we just get like the highest quality uh, ingredients we could possibly find that's uh, certified so we're certified with uh, the soil association with sort of to cosmos organic standards we're certified with the vegan society and we're also certified with Cruelty Free International as well, meaning that we don't test on animals and we also don't pay anyone else to test on animals. And we're audited so we can look all the way back to our supply chain, right, to our growers, to make sure no one further back in the supply chain is testing ingredients on animals that we don't know about. Uh, so we just want it, we want like clear transparency. We want people to really believe and, and know that they're getting the highest quality product possible. And if it's not needed if, as an ingredient in the product, like we don't use it. We don't do any cheap fillers whatsoever. We're all about the quality. I love that. Now, have you got some kind of, you said about ritual or something. What do you do for your own skin or what do you advocate? Because you, you are actually doing this at VegFest yes. as well. I forgot for a second. So <laughs> you're in the performance area. Yeah, is that your, your, your area? That it's you're my area. So we can get to hang out. Yay. And I know you're going to do like a big pamper, you know, this is what we need to do for our skin type session. Yeah. So when we, is it? Saturday? Mine's, yeah, it's on both of my talks or workshops on Saturday. Mm. Although Raw Guy is there both days. Yeah. Uh, that we're on like G2A stand if anybody wants to come along and say <laughs> hi. Um, and we, yeah, we've teamed up with VegFest and we're running the Raw Guys uh, Super Skincare Pamper Party where people come along, can come along. We have all the ranges there and we're like basically I'll guide them through an organic facial a spa level organic facial that they can learn during the session and they can just choose their products and I can help them choose which ones might be best for their skin type and I'll guide everybody through the facial so they can get to give themselves a facial at VegFest so while we're sitting here in the lovely Phoenix FM studio and my listener is thinking well you know I want to know about a facial too are you able to guide us through before patrick takes my hot seat at eight o'clock have we got a few minutes what yeah could sure. you and then i can do it on my face i'm i might even see if i can do a facebook live i don't know if i can i know we're filming as well we'll put it on the the listen again link but guide us through t tell us step by step what we need to do and why we are doing it Okay, so I'm very big on rituals in terms of skincare because I think we've come so far away from what we need to be doing and we just see a skincare routine as something that we need to cleanse our skin and if we're really lucky, we might moisturise. But I think if we want to really look after our skin properly and, and like after our personal health, we need to get into the habit of doing a very quick but efficient ritual on our skin. Ooh. And so uh, twice a day, so when you first get up and then yeah. before you go to bed at night and it doesn't matter how busy you are or how tired you are or how drunk you are, yeah. <laughs> like, like you really just need to spend because you can you can nail this in literally 
a minute and a half. It, you know, at the beginning it takes longer, but like once you know what you're doing, you can just like literally breeze through it. So we'll start with a cleanse. So uh, for example, if your skin is more on the dry side, you might want to use some like MSM Organic Beauty Cleanser Serum. And that is an oil cleanser. And oil cleansers are really popular right now. They're like really mm, like all over are. the place. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like you don't just have to have dry skin to use an oil cleanser. It's fine for a lot of different skin types because you are removing the cleanser. But you would start and you would you would put the oil into the palms of your hands or whatever product that you're gonna use. You would warm it through because you want the, the product to be uh, body temperature, not, not because if you put it right onto your skin, your pores are going to close if it's really cold. Really? So you want it to So get you need in. to make sure the product, you're warming it on Ideally. your hand. So I'm a listener, we're, we're practising this in the <laughs> studio. You can as well. You've if got your hands, yeah. you've got your cleanser. You just warm we're it getting through. it warm. Victoria's trying it as well. We're all, <laughs> we're all pretending. Yeah, so you can warm it through, but if it's going to put you off doing the whole routine, then just just get it on the skin basically but yeah right. if you want to kind of go for it you could warm it up apply, start applying it to your skin so you could do it by hand by putting it straight into the skin or what I absolutely love to do we make these zero waste cleansing pads in Brighton as well uh, or like um, we make organic muslin cloths as well so you can apply it to that and then wipe it over the skin and you just basically want to start uh, dissolving the dirt, taking away makeup, just getting rid of the pollution that builds up on the skin. And it, it really does as well, especially if you live in a city or, you know, you're around car fumes, you know, you'll be surprised of what you can get off. So we want to try and remove as much of that as possible. So that's the first thing you would do. The second thing you would do is just do a very light tone. Now this is a stage that most people leave out because they don't see the point and they don't understand why we should yeah, tone our skin. Yeah, why do we tone our skin? Why? We, we tone it because when we cleanse it, we take the skin out of, out of its natural pH. And then, so the toner basically brings it back to the right pH. And also it provides the absolute perfect environment for you to then moisturize the skin and for the skin to take the moisturizer. So you don't need to like spend ages doing it. All you need to do is just take the lid off. Like we basically just use them with sprays because it's like the quickest way to do it. And you literally just mist it over your face. And uh, it's like beautiful floral waters and essential oils. Um, you know, it's all just really natural and it makes you have that fresh feeling. And so you can keep that in your handbag and if you're like out and about and you're, you're getting hot and you need to cool down, you could just use it as a face cooler. So, you, you know, keep it with you. And then all you would do is you would take a small amount of moisturizer because um, I've designed products where like a little bit goes a really long way so that you're investing in something that is not going to be finished with really quickly. Like the moisturizers will last like four to six months on most skin types. And you would just choose a, a like a, just take a small amount of moisturizer, rub it into the palm of your hands to melt it into an oil. And then you would just start to rub it, massage it into the face. And then like once a week, you could do an exfoliation where we have like this DIY kit in the MSM Organic Beauty range. And you basically take a pinch of the powder, which is bamboo and pumice, and you take a pipette of the, of the oil, which is hemp oil. It's got a few other beautiful oils in there as well. And you rub it together in the palms of your hands and you create your own exfoliant based on how like rough you like it to be. Some people like it not very exfoliating at all and other people are like, they want like really to get all the dead skin cells off. So you tailor make it to however you like and you basically just rub it into your face and then remove it with an organic muslin cloth or whatever you have at home or splashes of water. And you just do that like once or twice a week and that really brightens the skin up a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it's as simple as that. And then you could use an eye product if you want. We have a, 
Um, we have an organic go-to goddess brightening eye serum, mm-hmm. and you would just apply apply literally one um, one blob, one one drop per eye, twice a day, just underneath the eye area and to the sides. And do you really feel that we will see benefits? To our skin if we look after it better if we invest in better um, products non-chemical products yeah if you think of like um, the skin it absorbs about 80% of what you put on it mm-hmm. so if you're putting loads of chemicals on that you've just like bought from you know I don't know your high just something we're cheap for example and it is full of chemicals because that's the only way those products can be that cheap um, you know that will show in your health because you're absorbing so much of that and it ends up in you know in, inside the body so I'm a big believer in that you know we need to really question what we're putting on our skin and if we're using a good skincare uh, regime and products they should actually be protecting your skin from pollution and makeup and all the other things that you really ideally want to be doing and it will actually form that foundation and over the years, uh, we've had amazing testimonials. I've just put a testimonial page up on the website, which um, which I've added to still at the moment. And it basically just runs through um, all the lovely feedback that we've had over the years from customers where you know, we've helped them with their eczema problems or we've helped them reduce or eliminate the acne that they've had for years and years or their dry skin's gone. And when you see that, it's really Makes touching. it all worthwhile. Yeah. Well, we are out of time every Friday it flies by you've been absolutely amazing jess it's so great to see you again with superfood quickly tell me how my listener can find out more about you but we will put the details on phoenixfm.com the listen again link oh well i'm I'm misssuperfood.com on on uh the internet and also facebook instagram although i've just had to restart the instagram because it got hacked um and twitter it's all miss superfood that's lovely well thank you and to my wonderful friend victoria featherstone pierce as well from the canine angels it has flown by and patrick is here itching to look after you after eight o'clock this evening have a wonderful week i love you a lot and i'll see you next friday bye bye
Brentwood and Billericay. This is Phoenix FM.